This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly podcast is filmed live in front of a studio audience, and we like to call it THN Cover to Cover. It is Saturday. It is January 29th. We are back from a little break. We're getting into it. We're going to be a little rusty. We'll shake that rust off as it goes. My name is Matt Baum, folks. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, buddy. (laughs) I am the consistently professional, the internet's Joe Patrick, and here's how it works. Consistently professional. I am. It's consistently (laughs) professional. That's what they call me. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to rap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with our listeners. This is a live show, just like Joey said, so we need you to play along. Jump into our Zoom. You can find the link. It's over at the top of our live stream on the Faces book, or you can call us at 402-819-4894, or just click the Facebook Call Now button, or chat with us on Facebook Live. We love it when you chat, and we talk right back to you. It's super neat. If you can't call in live, maybe you got something going on Saturday mornings, that's okay. just means you're an adult and you have responsibilities. But you can leave us a message or send an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, or... You can go answer the week by clicking our contact link, pull it down and choose the answer of the week, type it up. There you go. It's awesome. But before we open these phone lines and start talking to all these jerks, Joey, we need to reset and editorialize a bit about a few stories we picked out of this week's nerd news. But just a lot of a lot of preamble with you today to get to the nerd news. That's right. Before we begin, we want to give you a heads up that we will probably be talking about recent. Remember when uh, we decided nerdy... we weren't going to list off all the shows because we never talk about. Them. I'm only listening <laughs> off of. A, I'm only listening off a few. I'm not going to list off all of them. Uh, but I just want to give you a heads up that we'll probably be talking. We may be talking about uh, Book of Boba Fett, Peacemaker, uh, Superman and Lois, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Naomi is out. If anybody else is watching it other than me, uh, we will be spoiling those shows. If there's anything else that comes up, we'll say so. Before we get into it, I definitely need to talk about the book of Boba Fett. I've, I've yeah. had feelings. <laughs> There's our first bit of news: Iron Man and Hellcat sitting in a tree. Oh come on! Yeah, you know it. Yeah. Everyone knows that Pepper Potts is Tony Stark's main squeeze. Not in the comics, really, usually. But it seems no one told Christopher Cantwell. Marvel announced this May in the pages of Cantwell's Iron Man number twenty. Tony is popping the question to Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat. Matt, is there anything we love more than a mighty Marvel marriage issue? Maybe a trial. I think I like marriages more than trials typically, but like wrestling marriages and comic book marriages, they're always the best. There's always a huge problem. It never goes off without a hitch. Somebody attacks, (laughs) (laughs) whether it's good guys or bad guys getting married. If it's bad guys, good guys come and attack, you know, like it's always screwed up. Always great. Um, I've been reading Cantwell's Iron Man. It's wonderful. It's and I so good. really, really like what he has done with Hellcat. And Hellcat is one of those characters that I don't think like Marvel's ever had like a steady direction on. She's been around and she's done some cool shit, but there isn't like an amazing Hellcat story you have to read or a writer that we go, yeah, that's the writer that nailed Hellcat, you know? I mean, uh, her, her series, um, 
we don't we don't really talk about Kate Luth too much these days uh, because she ended up being kind of a shithead. But yeah, um, the Patsy Walker uh, Hellcat series Kate Luth wrote was pretty good. Um, it didn't exactly burn up the charts. It kind of yeah. fit into that Squirrel Girl vibe uh, or mold. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hellcat is a character whose life has basically been uh, defined by trauma. Yeah. Uh, she she got her start as a romance character in the pre-hero uh, Atlas days, Patsy Walker. Which still blows my mind uh, that that when I, I, know. I remember I when I found like that Millie, out. It's like Millie the model is, is, the, is Valkyrie. I remember so being at Krypton Comics and like reading through an Avengers book or something and they're like, her name was dropped, like Patsy Walker. And I stopped and I went, Wait a minute. Yeah, and like, it's like literally uh, turned around and there was a box of like golden age comics and like yeah. Patsy Walker model, whatever it was. And I went, hold yeah, yeah. on here. <laughs> it's like um, it, 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 it's like a it's a it's like a real life uh, occurrence of that galaxy brain. Yeah. M- gif totally. where it's like when you where you when you put the uh, dots together for the first time, you're like, whoa. Yeah. No, it blew my mind. But so uh, Patsy's been married three times before. Yeah, um, I I can't speak. To, I don't know about the first one so much. I think the uh, first one that, is old school, like golden age romance marriage to nobody. Maybe I mean, see, I thought I don't know. I could be maybe I don't know. But uh, I know that she was married to a guy named Buzz, uh, who <laughs> he sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who ended up becoming the supervillain Mad Dog. Oh, this wasn't uh, the kid that grew up with Kevin in the in uh, Home Alone, or was a different Buzz? Yeah, yeah, right, Buzz, Buzz McAllister. Gotcha. <laughs> no, he grew up to be a cop. He's a different kind of villain. Oh. So yeah, uh, he grew up to be. Uh, he he became the super villain, uh, Mad Dog. He was, uh, I believe, originally called Wild Dog, and they were like, "Oh wait, there's already a Wild Dog," mm-hmm. uh, and so we, they changed it. Um, and then she, uh, but it was horribly abusive, um, which yeah. is always, not, you know, hey, I'm sure it was dealt with with utmost, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sincerity and thoughtfulness. Um, She's not picking winners she was, is what we're, is where we're no, going. No, uh, she was also married to uh, Damon Hellstrom, the son of Satan. Yeah, now, uh, and that also didn't end too well. Let's be fair. It's not, you know, you don't want to judge someone by their name. Right, that's kind of rude. You know? Yeah, but, but you know he runs around shouting it, and he's got a he's got a, this is a the, an upside down pentagram branded into right. his chest. This is the shirtless son of Satan. Yeah, <laughs> like, I you're mean, gonna marry that yeah, guy. That guy is capitally evil. Uh, and then of course she died. Um, and and uh, the Avengers rescued her from hell. I don't know why she would have been in hell. Well, I she's guess Hellcat. She that's where Hellcats go, right? I mean, it's in her she, name. You know, it was the company she was. I'll bet it was a her. it was a paperwork thing. They just saw the but name. It, and like, oh, oh yeah, she yeah, goes to hell. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait! You were you were an Avenger. You were supposed to go to heaven, but we saw the name Sorry. and we just you know we automatically filed. Like about apologies, it happens. Clerical error. Linda, um, we love her, but she does this too often. You know, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so she came back to life, and you know, hello, hooray! Yeah, and she's been kind of a lighthearted, fun character ever since she was in the uh, Charles Soul She Hulk run right. uh, as a great kind of sidekick to Jen Walters, um, Tony. Never been married. He's dated around. He was he was in a serious relationship with Pepper for a while, um, but the the Pepper thing was really more of a movie thing. Well, there was a time um, in Matt Fraction's Iron Man where he like talked about marrying her, but that she was like, "Get out of here." You're, well, yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying is that know. like you know after the movie came out, yeah, they kind of they kind of made Pepper and Tony a thing. But yeah, before Pepper that, Happy. Pepper Pepper was married to Happy, right? Yeah. Um, and then Happy died. Uh, yeah. 
in the comics. So Happy Hogan is dead. Sorry, John Favreau, your character is dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is fun, right? It's it's, it's fun. super fun. It's super fun. And I like I said, I think Cantwell is doing a better job with this character. And I really like the pairing. And by the way, it just seems goddamn irresponsible if you're a superhero for you to marry someone else that doesn't have powers. That's just irresponsible. I mean, the heart wants what the heart <laughs> wants. But uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's like North Star married that guy, Kyle. And yeah. Kyle's life has been just like a nonstop thrill ride yeah. of bullshit like, yeah. uh, ever since. And now he lives on Krakoa, which I'm sure it's great fun for oh, a normal sure. human being. Being the one human being there. Yeah, it's got to be kick-ass. Uh, yeah, it's like, ugh, you guys don't have like, I now, don't know. We should say Marvel has not said that Patsy's going to say yes. So we'll see. No, no, no. We only know that they're that he's proposing. We just so, know it's a proposal. Um, but you know what? I just, it, 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 it it tickles something in the back of my brain. It's a very old school, like yeah. comic book fun thing. Love so it. I'm into it. In other news, G.I. Joe and Transformers are rolling out of IDW. At the end of 2022, IDW will lose the licenses to print both G.I. Joe and Transformers comics after a 17-year run. Now, I know this has been around forever, but when I see... 17-year run written? It's hard to believe. IDW sent a press conference to The Hollywood Reporter confirming both properties would be leaving, and Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint is in talks to pick up the licenses. Yeah. Weird, right? Joe, mm. it looks like we're finally going to get that Walking Dead G.I. Joe Transformers crossover we've been clamoring for. Man. How excited are you? <laughs> I mean, if they can't get the visionaries and Rom in there, then what are we even doing? Yeah, who gives a crap? Um, so... Uh, I guess my question, my question is, does that does that mean that they're not losing all of the Hasbro licenses? They are not. My Little Pony and D and D are staying at IDW, and those are both Hasbro properties. And so this is Mama Mask and Rom and all those guys. Apparently, I, I would assume this is just a deal for G.I. Joe and Transformers, which makes sense that they license all this uh, stuff Yeah, out they probably, right. Separately. It's not like, it's not, it's not. <laughs> it's not like Marvel Comics where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, we it's own like all this stuff. Up, you roll up to the ID, or you roll up to the Hasbro garage sale and right. it's like, yeah, well, I've got G.I. Joe here for 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, it's weird because these are licensed properties. IDW doesn't own this. They pay a certain amount of money to put out these comics. But there are these feelings when you see like a company that's been nailing it for so long, killing it. So writing some of, not some of, I'm going to say it, writing the best stuff that has ever been written for these two company, for these two licenses. Period. Well, for Transformers, for sure. I, but even Marvel G.I. Joe, which is great. Like, it, go back and read it. it it's, it's a little dated. It was what it was. They really, yeah. they modernized a lot of stuff and did some incredible stuff. Now, I, I, I don't want to talk bad, but the, the IDW, the modern G.I. Joe stories with very rare exceptions are, are, are just I about don't, the same level of quality. I don't disagree um, in the sense that I think G.I. Joe is a tough one to write in a modern setting. But yeah, I if, mean, you got your G.I. Joe Cobra. Right. And, and things like that. The if Mike anyone stuff, but, can do that. I am very curious to see what Kirkman's Skybound imprint can do, but this is their first venture into licensed properties, and it's not like they went out and they grabbed, you know, Hungry Hungry Hippos to give it a spin and see. Like, they went for two of the biggest. I wish. Why not? God damn it. Do it. But <laughs> Cowards. Is it weird? Is that weird? 
No, I mean, it's, why is it weird? It's like I, it's just not yeah, what Skybound does. Skybound seems to be like Kirkman picks out people and goes, "I like your idea. I'm going to put in my imprint. It's creator owned. It's yours. Whatever." There's but it's not what IDW did until IDW started doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you get you get you get your start somewhere. Like Marvel didn't do licensed comics until no, that's it's true until they were like, "Oh, Conan, yeah, let's do it." Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I it's all it's all about the creators really. Like sure. I, I don't. I, I like. Will there be a Walking Dead crossover? Sure, of course. But I, I find it hard to believe that they will be unrecognizable. You know what I mean? They, no, they'll well, still feel like not. Transformers and, and GI Joe. Yeah, that's why the feeling. That's why it's so complex and weird. Because when this stuff jumps to other companies, it's like, yeah, it's still Optimus Prime and it's still Bumblebee and Megatron, Soundwave and Flint and you know Cobra Commander and all that crap. Yeah, but it's going to be different. It just is. Sergeant Slaughter, you know. Yeah. The refriger- William the Refrigerator Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, unre- the unreleased Rocky Balboa. Yeah, big Boa. Um, yeah. Um, I love Big Boa. Uh, who was the guy that I had? He was big. He was Roadhog. Oh, yeah. Roadhog. The guy with the cinder block on a, on a, on yeah, a man. sledgehammer handle. Um, yeah. I, I, I think if anything, we're going to see kind of like a reset. Yeah. Um, because IDW has evolved these stories so far beyond their original like sure. we that we're still following the generation one characters for a lot of a lot of it and we're still following a real american hero for a lot of it but so many things have happened to these characters that we're gonna they're gonna have to push a reset button it's not a bad idea at all i think as well just due to the fact that like after 17 years of continuity where do you start <laughs> if you're gonna jump into right. transformers at no, IDW. No, no, yeah i mean it's, <laughs> and it's not like they have the rights to reference that stuff anyway right and they are um, constant, to their credit they were constantly relaunching stuff and giving you new stories and like Beast Wars is a big thing. The Transformers series and Beast Wars are going to wrap up this summer. They have two miniseries, big miniseries planned for a huge farewell. And then they're going to do a milestone issue of G.I. Joe that Larry Hama is coming back for. It's the, he's been writing it this whole time. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, has been written by Larry Hama. For oh, that's right. Run. Well, he's doing this 300th yeah. milestone issue. Right. It's going yeah, to be a big yeah. G.I. Joe farewell. He's Yeah. It's, so it's, kinda, like, it's bittersweet, right? Like, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. it's a cool change, but it's bittersweet. And I've got to say, these have to be the two highest selling titles at IDW. So that's got to sting. I certainly agree with that. Um, and I, I like comic licenses, they don't last forever, right? Like Marvel lost Transformers. They lost GI Joe. They lost Conan. Sure. You know, it, like these things bounce around. Star Trek's been at like eight different companies. Yeah, I mean, Dark Horse just lost Alien. Including and Marvel Predator and DC. To Marvel, so. Oh, I guess IDW has still a Star Trek. So that's good. I think that it's going to be a loss for them. Yeah. But sometimes a new voice is a a, a a change, bringing in a new voice and a new take. That's a good thing. Yeah. And Kirkman's a smart guy. I trust him. He puts out very high quality stuff and he's also proven I can also adapt this stuff to the screen, whether, you know, I don't know he's done any movies, but TV wise, whether or not you like Walking Dead, it was a huge hit and we all loved it for a time. It just got a little repetitive. You know, I mean, there are four Walking Dead shows, yeah, and I only knew of the existence of two of them. <laughs> it's true. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like every uh, once in a while, I would see a title on the other, and be like, "That's got to be a misprint or something." Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, like, and we don't know that it's going to be Kirkman, but it's kind of fun to speculate that it will be Skybound. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if Kirkman comes out of writing retirement to actually do one of the books or at yeah. least a, a miniseries or something. Yeah, I also um, don't think they. 
I don't think IDW comes out and announces that like, yeah, the licenses are gone unless they definitely have a place for them to land. And in December, they had reported Skybound was looking at this. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, hey, kudos on a job well done, IDW. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get this wrapped up. Uh, the big story this week is that Mouse, Art Spiegelman's Mouse, has been banned mouse. by a Tennessee school board. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, in the grips of critical race theory madness, the Tennessee school board, not the Tennessee school board, but a school a board in Tennessee, Tennessee yes. has decided that uh, it's a specific county uh, in Tennessee, has decided that banning books that make white people feel bad about slavery isn't enough. And they need to make sure Nazis aren't hurt either. The school board banned Art Spiegelman's anthropomorphic Holocaust memoir, Mouse, which put mice in the role of Jewish concentration camp prisoners and Nazis as cats. Matt, it is not clear. Oh, by the way, this is a true story, by the way, about yes. Art Spiegelman's own what was his father or or grandparents? Yeah, it was his parents um, surviving the Holocaust. Uh, now, Matt, it is not clear if the school board is actually trying to make cats feel less guilty for the atrocities Tom carried out on Jerry. Uh, but we can both agree someone has to speak out for the poor downtrodden Nazis. Yeah, right? this this is so thinly veiled bullshit and like now the reason they banned it is not because like it, oh it's a too adult themed or like we're, we don't want to scare eighth graders eighth graders this was on yeah. eighth graders right. reading list okay not second graders but they banned it for adult language and this is the best part nudity who was naked yeah. in this Mice. Uh, mice were naked. They, and they didn't have big swinging mice tools or anything like that. Come on. I mean, it would be it's it would be the equivalent of whatever nudity we saw in Schindler's List, right. except it would be mice, mice not people. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I this is the dumbest of dumb shit. And it's, I haven't read mouse. I haven't read mouse in a really long time. But did the naked lady mice even have visible breasts no it was so tastefully done they were mice yeah, fur. It, i mean yeah, come on it's, okay yeah, so right uh nudity yeah, what a joke um so yeah it's um it's dumb it's bullshit uh it like and the only credit i can give this school board is there's no way they read it they just looked at it and said oh there's a part where they say an f word oh there's a part where they're naked well yeah get rid of it you know like <laughs> that yeah, had to have you know been meanwhile it. it's like <laughs> you know like there because are books I, like, I don't think that they are goose stepping nazis i mean they're probably racist morons obviously if they're I, if they're I vaping would, the like, crt look, shit i'm going to stop short and i'm going to call them woefully ignorant but I'll certainly some of them, I'll certainly some of them are racist. I'll call them Maybe racist. there's a Nazi peppered in there. We don't know. I'm sure they're very polite racists, you know. Well, yeah, you know, Southern. You don't make it onto the school board being, you know, with a yeah. swastika tattooed on your face. <laughs> you don't know that. You haven't been to a school board yeah, meeting in Tennessee. Tennessee. So who knows? So, yeah, it's uh, it's dumb. And, and their uh, of course, their press release or their response was this like very flowery, lawyered up nonsense where it's like, we recognize the value of teaching uh, the atrocities of the Holocaust, uh, but uh, blah, 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 blah. We just didn't feel it was a pro. 
you. Yeah, of course it's not appropriate. Well, let's pluck Why it out. Why wouldn't of, it be appropriate? We need Why to pluck that out of our history classes too, though, right? I mean, if we can't if we can't let them read this book because of it, then we need to get this out of a history class too. We can't yeah, teach. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I, Why did they even start fighting World War II? I don't know. It was just yeah, a big right. misunderstanding, I guess. Uh, you, world, <laughs> Matt, World War II was fought over states' rights. Everybody knows it. Uh, so I, I heard a baffling, like baffling statistic on Good Morning America yesterday. They actually reported on this um, and they said, you know, this is like it is uh, it is unfortunate to realize that um, knowledge of the Holocaust is fading. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, many, many decades have gone by and like the generations dying off and yada, yada, yada. But we're not keeping up with like. Making sure that our children don't repeat the sins of the past. That's kind of the whole point of teaching history. Sure. And um, the, the statistic was only 45% of people know how many Jews were killed during the Holocaust. And that number is burned into my brain. That number was burned into my brain as a child, and I will never forget. Well, one of the reasons that people don't know that number is because there is an active campaign by a lot of Holocaust deniers out there on the internet smearing the internet with bullshit that says either one, the Holocaust didn't happen at all, or two, it wasn't that bad, and the numbers were grossly inflated. It's, and oh it's, my God. And it's probably closer to, you know, like 100, maybe 200. It wasn't you know? 6 million, it was more like 6,000. Yeah, it's I like, mean, like, no. And there's an active campaign of this. And as we get further and further and further away, it is easy to write fantasy about it, more or less, to reinvent the past, to just, whitewash I, it, cover it up. I mean, like, it's the same type shit where you get these, like, you know, alternate history people who are like, oh, yeah, the ancient Egyptians had hovercrafts and traveled time and stuff. Yeah. Because it's aliens, so far bro, removed. Yeah, the, the, the history Aliens channel, built aliens the pyramids back. and shit. Yeah, because it's yeah. so far removed that it's easy to make a story about it. So right. as we get further yeah. and further and further away from the Holocaust, it's easier to go, ah, it was a long time ago. Everything's sucked back then right i mean holocaust is <laughs> so, like come holocaust on. is such a strong word can we call it something else so like let's, let's get back to the, the comic portion of this though like yeah. it was only a matter of time before these no yeah these idiots it, came for your comics it, it really was and I, I, this won't be the last and it's it's a terrible example it's an amazing book if you haven't read it it is won every award it could it's, win for a yeah, reason. It's it's, it's a life-changing piece of work. Uh, it, and it, taking it out of the hands of a sixth grader, I might understand. An eighth grader, that's insane. That's insane. It, 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 it's, it's, the same, it's the same kind of, it, it's the backwards mania. It's like critical race theory. Oh, oh no. How dare yeah. we make children feel bad about being white? You don't under a you don't understand that critical what cri critical race theory even is. And right. B it, one, it's not a thing not, in school. You do not <laughs> comprehend that it is an abstract concept discussed in academic circles, right. not taught to children. I would also like to see the numbers of eighth grader pregnancy in that state. I'd like to know what that is because uh, uh, I have a feeling they're higher than you think. I want to know how many teachers in Tennessee teach a, a unit on Lord of the Flies. <laughs> bet that book has that book has kids like beating each other to death. Oh, sure, but they're white kids at least. You know, well, it's, sure, it's, they're white. They're rich. Crime. All right, enough of this. Let's let's set up this question of the week. I would like I would like everybody I would like everybody listening every comic book store to mail this school 
uh, a copy of Alison Bechtel's Fun Home, and I would like to see their brains explode about what, <laughs> what like if they think if they think this historical document is inappropriate. Yeah, here's another true story you might love. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's have some fun. This week's question uh, was inspired by the ex lives and deaths of Wolverine, more so the lives. We want to know your favorite alternate persona of a comic book character. For example, Matt loves Patch. Love he it. loves it when Wolverine dresses as Patch. Love it. But, but God forbid Batman dress up like Matches Malone. Hate it. He <laughs> hates it. I hate uh, it. Even though it's the same goddamn thing. So. We're not talking about what ifs here. We're not talking about like alternate identities like Tony Stark as Ant-Man. We're talking about uh, your favorite examples of a character assuming a different identity for a period of time, like Patch or Matches Malone. Nomad. That's another good one. Nomad is a good one. There's no way Nomad's anyone's favorite. So let's get to it. (laughs) You don't know. Brian Domingos, how are you this morning, sir? Hey, guys, if you're looking to bore the hell out of some uh, kids and make them not like comics, send them fun home for sure. That's the, <laughs> the best way to do it. <laughs> Jesus, that book. Oof. Like, I get it. Your dad was gay. I get it. Yeah, okay. it, It's a very important um, <clears throat> book, I, but I agree. Yeah, I didn't find it action packed. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll say that. It was important for her. And, and, and there's all those books of that genre where it's like, this is really important to me. It's like, yeah, but I didn't need to read this. <laughs> you know, I'm, lo- I'm looking at you, Chester Brown. I'm looking at you. Oh, Chester Brown. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Boy, oh you know boy. what I mean? It's like the most navel gazy of all navel gazy. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, what's going on, guys? Chilling. Oh, you know. Great. Um, shouting into the void. Yeah. I, I, fi- I finally read um, Cliff Chang's uh, Lonely City number two. And my God, what a comic that it is. I know it, it is like it's way better than it has any right to be because he's just an unbelievably talented artist and colorist and letterer. And then the story's like really good. And this is Catwoman not Lonely which, City for those. It's who, the Catwoman. Who, yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's it's really like what um, I'm glad it's like square sized and like this is what Black Label should be for DC. Totally agree. Superhero. This is heroes. a good use of Black Label. I'm fine with All this. Right, now, okay, now hold on. Let me just let me just. I just want to break Matt's brain for one second. What? Catwoman, Lonely Silly, Lonely Silly, Catwoman, Lonely City, quality of the story aside, how is what they're doing any different than what anyone else is doing with any other character? Here's exactly Uh-oh. how. It is a future story that is set, yeah, removed from the DC universe. Out, it is an out of continuity Where tale. they can tell a story and we go, okay, I get that. When you okay. take a story like Batman and Catwoman, which came right out of the pages of the Batman book, and then drop it into a Black Label title that makes no sense whatsoever. Is this happening? Is this part of the story? Is it not? That is where my problems lie. I'm going to, I think, like, there are some things where it's, like, dubious, but, like, Batman Catwoman is just such... This should not be print. This this is a, a leftover promise. Yeah, well, sure. You know, yeah, it's, and it's and a bad comic. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not it's not good. It's something that they told Tom King because they got to keep Tom King happy. That yeah, you can do this Batman book, do whatever you want. Like you know, it, it it's a meaningless thing. The future stuff, like who cares about Selena and, and Joker and singing Christmas carols and like it's yeah. the same nonsense it's clay man drawing like panty shots of like lois lane like we need to see like it's just it's a it's a bad like it's bad and don't thank you like what but let them do that there and and it's not you're not getting your stuff and my stuff yeah and that's that's my point is that like they 
Matt, you're Matt is always trying too hard to fit the square bound oversized black label comic books into the normal size rectangular cut DC comics box. And they don't, they don't, they don't, well, fit. they don't, they I'm don't saying never they need, fit. I'm not so saying they just need to go, ignore them. No, just I'm pretend not, like they don't matter. I'm not saying they need to go back that direction. I'm saying it doesn't make sense when they come from the comics and go that direction. And then we go, Oh yeah, but that does count in the other end too. But this but one they doesn't. Haven't. They, and but this they haven't does. done that. <laughs> no, nothing from black label has ever come back. They, they have not done that, but I I'll, mean, think about agree the, with that. the ni- like 90s Elseworlds, right? Like all of those, they're all shunted into different multiversal whatever. Yeah, they're all right. different. But, that was very silly. You know, but there are things that, um, you know, like gold, like Golden Age, like the, the um, Paul Smith, James Robinson story sure. is an yeah. Elseworld, right? Because sure. people die and it's, it's not in continuity, but like that's the same Ted Knight and Starman. You know, sure. like that, like right. James Robinson is that story, which he created for that, you know, that background and the stuff about the sanitarium and like all that stuff like that. Yeah. He laid it all it informs right there. It, sure. it yeah. informs the work and the like kingdom come informs the end of Starman, like mm-hmm. because of the, the star man, it's, you know, the future one and all the Tom Kalor and all that. Like they yeah. are there. There's always been a fluidity and you just have to say, you know, I mean, I hate the term like headcanon, but because I think people <laughs> sure. live in their heads too much. But yeah. like uh, what, blue sky, blue, blue sky is blue a term sky. PCU blue that sky. we like to make fun of. Yeah. Um, like, evergreen. Whatever, That's the other one. Ever, <laughs> blue sky whatever, and evergreen. Whatever you think works, works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Fair like enough. how right. many That's, stories do my, we not want? Yeah. Like there were continuity books that we never we don't want to think about, um, you know, Roy and the cat in the alley again. You know, no, the, yeah, the, yeah. you know, like we don't ever want to think about that. Like, you don't no. you, you don't have to. Like, I'm, st- I'm that, still mad. I'm still mad that I had to reread it. But you're right. But, you know, like that's technically like constant, like that was canon. But no, that's thanks. Canon, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, we have, so we have a segment just dedicated to, to this crap. <laughs> so. yeah, it, was it was really it was good stuff. Um, I, I, I but I like that. My 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 point is that, like, just don't worry about it. If it comes if it comes out with a black label. Uh, thing on it and there's 18 different suicide suicide squad miniseries going on just like there's 18 different batman miniseries going on do they fit i don't care i don't care it doesn't matter so catwoman only city getting back to what brian actually wanted to talk about uh is such a wonderful use uh like uh, do i wish that the other black label books were as good yes um but this is such a perfect use of of that imprint to tell a story um where the story can just be what it is without worrying about how it fits in. Uh, and not and another Suicide with, Squad mini with the team with, that is running right, around in the regular or book or the Joker. doing something or, that may or may not <laughs> like be right. in that universe. Or, or with, um, with uh, you know, like versions of characters that are kind of like, it, almost almost like a Justice League Unlimited-esque. Right. Right. Like it's Killer Croc, but this is not like, it's not the comic book killer croc. It's not the cartoon killer croc. It's kind of this like perfect amalgamation of. It's like Brian Azzarello's killer croc when he was every version of killer croc. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's the shitty cancer. It's, it's kind of like, I, I kind of treat it like the, um, like the DC kid books, like the, you know, the Johnny Constantine meet, you know, meanest teacher thing. Like that's obviously not in continuity, but if someone was to like have him make one comment about that, in a story like that'd be fun, you know, like, oh, like just a, a one offline where he's like talking under his breath and he's like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like some reference to that story. Like 
it can all be part or not. Like it doesn't need to be included. And right. um, I just think with the Lonely City, he has, I lo- like, I love the croc design. It's so funny. And like the uh, poison ivy where it's like thick poison ivy because she's living in like Brazil and she's like super happy. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like, I saw her and I was like happy for her. Like in the, in the one panel, I was like, Oh my gosh, she looks so happy. Like, yeah. He's, he's making every right decision with, with his designs and his layouts. And I, I agree that like Catwoman lonely city is just like everything I want it to be like, like, I don't, I hate to put it this, you know, I hate to like be this guy, but um, like Barbara in the wheelchair as commissioner is like, it's to awesome. me is that's like, that's she's Oracle's. Yeah. She's Oracle and she grew up and now she's the commissioner or wait, is she the commissioner? She's running for mayor. She's running for mayor. Yeah. 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 And um, her um, her campaign manager is Josie Mack from um, Josie Mack from, from Gotham, Central. Gotham Central that yeah. that, uh, that Cliff and uh, Judd Winnick created, which I thought yep. was so cool. Like, yeah, yes. I was like, oh, this she's book. Got, she's got secret book. psychic secret psychic powers. Um, she can always find stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love it the most. I think it's wonderful. Brian, what else you got? So we got to keep moving. We got some peeps in line. Yeah. No, I got you. Um, real quick answer of the week. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it because it's great, but it, there's a character in uh, Justice League. Um, what's it called? Uh, Elite Justice League Elite, um, where there's a character in disguise, and it's a really great twist. Um, uh, if, yeah. if, if you have not read that and <laughs> yeah. you like Justice League comics, I go find remember. it. It's uh, I read it and I can't it's, remember. It's Joe Kelly. It's uh, yeah. Kasumi. It has an alter ego that you know very well, but you don't know in the story. And she's this like deadly assassin. And, um, it's a great, like, I don't know, issue seven reveal of like, Oh, Oh, there's more going on here than we thought. I'm going to have to go back and read it again. I can't remember. I know, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember who it is. (laughs) That's such a good Um, series. And I had forgotten until you brought it up. But yeah, that's a, what a great reveal. I love it. Well, I'm glad I didn't spoil it for Matt. Yeah. Thank you for not. I'll tweet Um, at you when I read it and I'll go, Oh my God, I forgot. (laughs) It's great. And they even do, they do a thing where you get like a little, cause she's wears a mask and they like, you see a little bit of her face and it's all scarred up and it's like, Oh, she's serious. And then you realize like, even that's a disguise. Like everything's a disguise. It's, it's, it's so great. That's a great book. All right, Um, Brian. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, um, I keep meaning to talk about Hawkeye. I listened to your Patreon. Um, I thought that was your little segment. That was good. Um, I thought the first three episodes are really, really interesting, but as they started cramming more stuff in it, like Echo and Kingpin and, and Yelena and her bad accent, it just got to be like a lot and it wraps up and it's like, Oh, it's all these people and Hawkeye. Like it just, and I, and they do that in every one of these shows cause they're like cranking along and they're trying to move stuff. And I lost a little bit of like, the like the Christmas story fun wasn't really there. Yeah, the you know? end was like, bloated. The end was a little bloated. Yeah, no question. Like because it, it's six episodes, maybe eight would have been better. Maybe seven. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I I think that um, I, as much as I've loved them, I, I do agree that maybe uh, and and as much as I agree that like some of the Netflix shows were too long, I think there's a happy medium, and maybe like budget wise six episodes yeah. is the sweet spot for them. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like WandaVision was what? 10 or eight. I think it was I think eight. It's nine. Um, it's, some, and, it's a weird number. Yeah. But the, but it felt right, you know, uh, and, or at least paced better. And, uh, these shows, they are, they go at like Mach 10 and, and, and sometimes things get lost or glossed over. And like, now we're getting an echo show and I'm like, I'm not sure they made me even care about echo. And yeah, no matter what Matt says, that that character in the Hawkeye is not really a compelling lead character. 
I disagree. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, see that 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 much. Um, I agree. I, I like she's interesting, but to have like if she, if we didn't know there was another show about her coming specifically, I'd I'd, I'd feel differently. But like, here's her breakout series. Like, it's a lot. Like, you know, there, there are yeah. so many things already. Um, and, uh, so Jimmy, uh, Jim Hebe in the chat says, uh, uh, Peacemaker is a great uh, kind of counterpoint to this where like we got the character's introduction in the movie. Joe, go ahead and finish. Brian, it's good to talk to you. We're going to keep moving here. Thanks Later, for calling in, buddy. Bye, Brian. Go ahead. Peacemaker, uh, Peacemaker uh, got his introduction in, in the Suicide Squad. And now like we aren't wasting much time and they aren't continuously introducing new concepts in every episode. It's Peacemaker. It's the team that he's working with. And it's this one mission and it's, it's really good. It's really good for, for the story that they're telling. Uh, And it's not necessarily, uh, I mean, not yet, at least it's not in service of like kicking a ball down the field. Well, yeah, it's a totally different thing where they're not doing that at all. This is just this story. Here you go. And I do think we talked about that, how Warner brothers has a unique deal here where they can do that. They don't have to, because of the nature of the Warner Brothers movies, like it or hate them, but their DC movies aren't all interconnected. So they don't have to service that. They can just tell a story. Right. I, I mean, and I think that's what I like. Again, yeah, like you said, their movies, some of them are, are good. Some of them are OK. A lot of them are bad. Yeah. Um, but they have figured out that. It is uh, it is a multiverse of, of storytelling possibilities without having to actually worry about the multiverse as a concept like Marvel yes. is doing. Yes. And, and that's fine. Like they could have the crisis on infinite earths crossover on TV and have Ezra Miller show up for sure. five minutes and it's fun and great and tongue in cheek. And it doesn't matter. But hey, Right. But we're not going to spend like the next six movies dealing with the DC multiverse. We're just going to get peacemaker and then we're going to get Aquaman two. And we're going to get a Batgirl movie and who fucking knows who knows what universe the Batgirl movie? Yeah, takes like place Night in. Wings there and stuff. Because <laughs> I, I swear to I swear to God, it um, it's got links to the uh, Ben Affleck Snyder version, but also Michael Keaton is in it, which doesn't make a damn lick of sense. Yeah, uh, and so like yeah, I I think it's like I think that's a great approach. You know, we're gonna get the Flashpoint movie and we're gonna have some fun with that. Great. That's all I need. That's madness. Yeah, it is. That's all I need. That's all I need from DC. Uh, and just uh, a shout out to John Littrell. Every day is bag on Matt. Day. <laughs> thank you for observing. But it. today you guys are totally wrong about it. JD, how are you, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. I took some time off. So good for you. What are we Actually, rapping about today? Uh, well, uh, I'm a little behind on nerd TV. Uh, so I finished up something that I think I'm probably behind on. Uh, I finally finished up season one of shadow and bone. I don't know what that is. Oh, right. That was the, what was that? HBO or Amazon? Netflix. Netflix. What is it? I don't even know. What shadow it's and bone based is. on a, it's based on a young adult kind of fantasy thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's based on a young adult bo- uh, fantasy book series, but actually two different series. Uh, the author had a series and then they had a spinoff series and they, kind of combine them into the same season. Uh, but it's really good. I love the fact that this is a fantasy series that isn't swords and sorcery. It's not like medieval. It, right. It's taking place in a world very similar to World War One Europe. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what? I uh, have you. Do you play video games, JD? I forget. No. 
Okay. Um, there is a game series, a, a video game series called Dishonored. Yeah, it's kinda, very similar to Dishonored. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes place in this kind of alternate historical version of Earth. Um, where like it's a there it's in a different country, a fictionalized country that's like built on um their their main commerce is like whaling and like turning turning whale blubber into fuel and shit. It's Gross. Like, it's re- yeah, no the lore is <laughs> the lore is bonkers. I love it. Um but Are you uh, about like, dishonored? dishonored, yeah. Okay. Um and so like I'm not gonna call it steampunk because it's not that, but it's all but it's also very like it's modern, but like the technology is powered by this weird energy right. and they've got like weird, they've got weird machines and yeah. uh, you've got like these powers that help you like sneak around and, and, and kill people. It's great. And yeah. it remind, and that's what shadow of bone, shadow yeah. and bone re- reminded me of that. The vibe of dishonored. Yeah. Shadow and bone. There were several things that I really liked. I liked the more modern setting. I also liked the fact that the characters with powers Per se, the, they call them the Grisha, which um, each, you know, there's different classes and there's a whole lore and a magic system and everything. But um, they're kind of set off as the almost the antagonists. You know, it's like pretty much like everyone kind of gives them a wide berth and doesn't trust them. And it's really interesting. I've kind of I've, I, it, it's one of the few things that I've gone backwards on. I watched the show and it made me want to pick up the book. So I've actually started reading the books and they're really good too. So. When did this show hit? I don't know. I'm like, I totally missed last that. last year. Okay. End of last year, like oh. fall of last year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be on you. It's not necessarily going to be on your radar if you're not a, a, a but, no, but you know, you watch the, Netflix the is, and like based on what you watch, you're usually like, right. oh, you you should check this out. I would assume. Sure, I like, mean, it's kind of in, it's kind of in that like if you had been watching The Witcher, yeah, probably which I would have come up big you know? time. Yeah, <laughs> the know? one thing I'll say about the show too is is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the cinematography, the costuming, the the depiction of the of the of the powers and the magic and I mean the the kind of the elevator pitch is this is set in a fictional kind of Eastern European world where their their continent essentially has been split down the middle by this thing they call the fold, which is basically or the unsea, which is this basically it's like this two mile wide rift of like just pure shadow. Huh. And I, I will check this and, out. This sounds and crossing cool. crossing yeah. it is super dangerous because once you're in there, all these demonic creatures basically just attack you. And so you can only cross if you're basically accompanied by a garrison of these magic users called Grisha, and they basically just like fight them off huh. <laughs> as you as you cross this this uh, shadow fold and uh the main character uh it becomes finds out that she's got you know it's kind of the whole destiny thing but it's in a very different yeah, she, manner the, the chosen one yeah kind of yeah, i will check this but, i just finished witcher season two so i've got room on my plate yeah 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 out. i would highly suggest it but the other thing i want to talk about is um what i did while i was not talking to you guys yeah <laughs> I, w- I went to vegas and oh, uh, vegas baby hey not very i mean so on the nerd front have you guys ever heard of meow wolf Yes, I think. I don't know. It's a person, right? No. Oh, <laughs> then no. Meow Wolf is a, a series of art installations. Oh, yes. Uh, it, yeah, it's like them. a collective. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's, the, who's the furry that won all the gaming competitions? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. Not me. Not Meow Wolf. <laughs> not on my show, pal. Not on my show. All right. So I, I went to Meow Wolf in Vegas. Uh, the the Meow the Vegas version of Meow Wolf is called Omega Mart. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's bad shit. I, my wife and I were in there for almost three hours. Yeah, my buddy Aaron uh, was just there, and he sent me pictures. They got a, like these installations where it's like you're in like a fake quick shop kind of. Yeah, and there's all store. these really weird products. Yeah, like different yep. artists designed, and it's totally bizarre. And you can it's, like it's open a immersive and walk into it, and you're in a whole yep. another installation and stuff. <laughs> and oh like, yeah, and and there's a narrative. Yeah, that you follow, and it's a game. Yeah. I've heard you it's can amazing. actually follow the narrative and actually we, we almost beat the game and it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's like and part so, art room, part escape, part art installation, yeah, part, part escape it's room, part of right? Art installation, part escape room, yeah. part, uh, like uh, almost, almost live action. I don't want to say role-playing, but immersive gaming, like alternate reality. It's, it's hard to explain and it's so much fun to do. And it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And I highly suggest anybody who gets a chance to go to any of them. There's one in Denver, there's one in Santa Fe, and there's one in LA or in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, the one we're going, we're actually just planning a trip to Santa Fe now in May to go to the first one, which is called uh, House of Endless Returns. Yeah, I gotta check these out. I've heard they're which, so that was funny cool. because that was the first one, and it's in a building that was donated to the Meow Wolf Collective by George R. R. Martin. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he, he bought an old bowling alley and gave it to the Meow Wolf group to start this whole thing that they're doing. Well, that's, that's a good way to get off the ground, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool. So I highly suggest it's a super nerdy thing to do. If you find yourself in Vegas and you're not into gambling, like I'm not, but we were just looking for a place to get out and we thought Vegas was the safest place to go. Yeah. I don't we go really, there for the gambling either. It's strictly prostitution for me. So yeah. 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 But yeah. Vegas, Vegas was weirdly the safest vacation spot like over the meth <laughs> in COVID because they never got rid of their mask mandate. So they've had a oh. mask mandate since like March of 2020. Nice. And uh, they're militant about it there. Yeah. I mean, I They'd never, I only felt unsafe in one particular place and we got out of there. So, yeah. But other than that, it was just, you know, everyone just wore their masks everywhere and you just kind of went, went about your day. That's great. Uh, and Matt, you'd be interested. We also ate at Best Friend, which is yes. uh, Roy, Roy Choi's restaurant. Yep. I want to go there so bad. <laughs> that was that was the hotel. That was the hotel we stayed at. Was Park MGM. Oh, nice, nice. Because it's the first non-smoking, uh, completely non-smoking hotel and casino on yeah. the strip. It's the only place I would stay. Yeah. I, I, Look, if I it doesn't involve it. Guy Fieri or Bobby Flay, I'm not interested. Yeah. Well, you you have fun. All right. Go eat some. Donkey <laughs> we also ate at Richard Blaze's restaurant too, which was fun. Oh, so. I do. I do like Richard Blaze. I think he's fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's so a, yeah, we pretty much just ate and. And then we also we went to a really weird uh, rum distillery called Lost Spirits, which also Ooh. has a weird nerdy aspect to it because their whole tasting experience is like a cross between a haunted house, a Renaissance festival, and a burlesque show. That I was gonna say the ass. rum is served by ghosts. <laughs> that sounds super cool. <laughs> Actually, well, there was a holographic cocktail dancer in one spot. Whoa, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I saw three burlesque shows, a magic act, a juggler, a snake charmer, and drank a lot of rum. Nice. That sounds right. fantastic. Oh, oh, listen, this Staple. is their only the only question I'm interested in in you answering about your trip to Vegas is whether or not you went to see the thunder from down under. 
<laughs> I hear it's quite an experience. They were they were dark that weekend, unfortunately. Oh, dang it! Uh, when when my Wait, boss Avengers the, Station in Vegas, where is that in Vegas? John Tverdick in the chat. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Where is Avengers Station in Vegas? I don't I thought, know. I thought the Avengers Campus was in uh, was in Anaheim. I had no idea there was an Avengers thing in Vegas. So that's a no. Uh, you didn't go. <laughs> so yeah, no, I didn't. You yeah, missed it. But we're, we're, uh, we're planning on going back because we need more rum. Okay. So uh, uh, hit Avengers and, Station next time. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the uh, I have the. My my fun Vegas story is that uh, Matt and I used to work for a degenerate gambler, and uh, he set up uh, at a convention in Las Vegas. That's the I mean I'm just gonna gloss right past that. He set up at a convention in Las Vegas because of course he did. Um, called the Las Vegas Extrosion. Yeah, that is not a word by the way. It was a Diamond Comics um, thing, right? Well, it was a normal convention, but the draw, other than being in Vegas, was that after the convention was going to be a Diamond Comics retailer. Oh, summit. that's right. That's right. And so it was kind of like... Oh, it was a TI. It was like a triple threat, right? So it's we were going to go to the convention. He was going to get to gamble and then the retailer uh, summit. And so we went. Wasn't there a porn convention next door, too? No. Oh, it it was uh, No, no, no. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there could have been, but I don't know anything about that. Um, it was at the Mandalay Bay Casino, uh, and hotel, and it was a, a lovely sprawling facility. Um, and the, uh, guy that, uh, the guy that, uh, promoted the show, um, spent all of the money on the venue and guests. And um, I guess not enough on promotion. And, uh, that place was a ghost town. <laughs> it was a ghost town. Um, yeah, you like walk that, right up to Brian Michael Bendis. No that line. Was, that was, that was, that's it. I've told it. I have told this story before. Um, so yeah, they, uh, like Judd Winnick was there. Kurt Busiek was there. Nice. Darwin Cook was there. Also a bunch of people selling knives and swords, which is every convention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, you got to have the Utila kilt guys and they're right by the dude selling yeah, the Claymore. Uh, right? but, <laughs> but also for some reason, hey, I have a Utila kilt. Of home security, <laughs> like those tiny little hidden cameras and shit. Um, and so it Weird. was the weirdest convention, but um, because it was dead, uh, I was able to wander around freely and I met, you know, I got to have a nice chat with Judd Winnick and uh, they had Brian Michael Bendis roped off with a velvet rope like you might find Rob Liefeld behind at Wizard World. <laughs> there wasn't a single soul, not a soul in line. That's funny. And I was like, I don't even think I bothered to go through the crisscrossy rope. I just like walked <laughs> around and I was like, Hey, what's up, man? Uh, and I talked to Brian Michael Bettis for like 15 minutes. It was a uh, ultimate, uh, ultimate six was coming out at the time, which oh, is the yeah. sinister six story. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, Hey, uh, we you know we chit chatted and he drew uh, he drew his little like Bendis caricature uh, that from like Fortune and Glory that he used to draw mm -hmm. um, in my sketchbook and it was great and then the retailer convention happened and I got to meet Darwin Cook and Kurt Busiek and uh, it was a, a magical experience and uh, my boss fucking lost his shirt and. It <laughs> Ah, Which was strange. But I had like, a great time. Normally also, his gambling stories all ended very happily. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and also, um, we, uh, oh no, sorry. This is a different story. I won't tell it. Okay. Um, so, and and I, we've got to keep have, moving here have, too. So I did I, have an answer to the question of the week. Let's yeah, get to like, that. Let's get to that. Uh, well, initially, I was going to say Electra is Daredevil, but I think that's more recency bias than anything yeah, else. Yeah. That's really cool. But that's so a good I'm answer. Gonna, I'm going to go with another quasi recent one and i'm gonna and also in timely because of the new trailer but i'm gonna say mr knight 
Mr. Knight? Moon Knight. Oh, Moon Knight. that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, love I dig it. it. I dig it. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a know, really solid one because it made that character so much more interesting. Because like as weird. much as I love Moon Knight, I get really tired of the, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's he's why I so actually crazy. didn't like it. I didn't uh, care for the Lemire run. Uh, and I don't know if it was just because it was such a weird I, gear I shift it. after the Ellis run. I liked it. I liked the Lemire run a lot, but it did feel like a step back to that nutty Moon Knight. And uh, right, right, right. I, I think that it is a beloved run for people that kind of got their start with that run. Um, yeah. which is fair, you know, like if that's your entry point to Moon Knight, then, then great. Um, but it, it, it might not be what you wanted following the Ellis. Yeah. Stuff. Right. 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 I, I'd say the Jed McKay run is actually, I feel like more the spiritual successor to the Ellis run totally. because of its and Jed McKay episodic is street level feel. But McKay is also balancing it really well. Right. Like this character is crazy. The, no question. Yeah. There's something going on there. What do you guys think there. of the trailer? I, okay. So at first... I was just like, you know, you're, we're freaked out because he looks so cool and you watched him walk by and just like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then we heard the the weird accent that everybody made fun of. It didn't bother me that much. I was just more like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And then we finally got the trailer where he's on the phone and mm-hmm. they're like, Mark, is that you? And he's like, why are you calling me Mark? Yeah, <laughs> right. I'll My name's not Mark. And at what? that point I went, okay, I see what's happening here. Well, and yeah, I got I mean, excited. I, it, it's pretty well, obvious that that's an alternate. Yeah. It's alternate personality right yeah right. She, he he is steven grant right now yeah and we're gonna find out who mark was so so he's already fractured at this point right i'm yeah. ho- i will i'm hoping because i was a little the costume looks cool i was a little disappointed in the fact that it moves on its own see and, and i'm wondering i'm wondering if that's is just that like mental? his mind yeah that's what i'm thinking i was gonna say i'm hoping that's just more of his thought i think process. that's yeah like his mania thinking. or whatever right yeah um we'll see we'll see I'm uh, gonna, like i i personally don't love like yes he looks like moon knight but mm-hmm. i'm i'm a little turned off by like how mummy-ish it looks it looks like a bunch of bulky rags doesn't well, bother and, me at all and there's a there's a comic <laughs> i love it there, there's there's a comic book precedent for this costume, and it's actually in the Ellis run. Yeah, well, David uh, Finch yeah. kind of drew him like that too. I mean, yeah, he he's wearing the ghost armor. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see it in. I'd like to see it in further motion. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like a lot of like a lot of costumes. I want to see it in action before I really. I I'm trying not looks, to get my hopes up. I, I'm I'm I think almost 100 percent awesome. certain that we're not going to get Mister Knight in this in this series. I don't think so. I think it's the kind of thing where they may build to that. I think the story from what we're seeing, and this is just purely calling my shot is he has like locked himself in this persona because he's hiding from something at the moment and someone is supposed to wake him up to do a job and then like he's so dangerous that they put him back into a different persona or something when he's not being used because he's nuts he's dangerous well like and we get we get a lot of that a a lot of that kind of foreshadowing with the whole like oh he finds that phone in the wall and you know that he's the one that put it there but he doesn't know that yeah. And like, so yeah, like there's obviously something going on and it's like, you know, it's like waking up and getting a message from yourself. It's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I like, I think it's going to be great. I love Oscar Isaac. And oh, yes. so they've, I'm like, I'm sold just based on Oscar Isaac. Totally. This character that Ethan Hawke is playing has literally been in one comic book. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I Aaron? don't know his role or like, I don't know if he's going to be like the main villain. Uh, I don't think so. Like, I, I think they've shown us, 
I think they've shown us too much to throw it, and that's throwing us off the scent. I think there's something else going on there that's going to be a big reveal for a main villain, and it's not going to be Bushwhacker <laughs> or something. <you> know? <laughs> no, but maybe it'll be Bushman. Oh, yeah, it could be Bushman. JD, Wait, we're going to keep moving here, but it's going to talk guy, to you. Who, by JD, who's the guy whose face he cut off? Is that Bushman? That was Bushwhacker, wasn't it? No, Bushwhacker's the guy with gun oh, right. arms. Was it, no, not, was it Bushman? Is that his name? No, it's Bushman. Not like Irving J. Bushman. <laughs> uh, uh, just real quick, since he's we've got a great up, deli. Uh, yeah, Bushman's Deli, right down the street. It's yeah, it is, yeah, the schmear uh, there is lovely. The 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 guy I was thinking of the uh, the meow fox guy was confusing. Uh, was Sonic Fox? Why do we need to talk who, about him? I wanted look. I want to give him props because I love this story. Because Sonic Fox is a black gay non-binary furry esports champion uh in an industry known for its tolerance yes. and acceptance of other cultures he's very brave uh, sonic fox swooped in and dominated all of these esports championships and won esports player of the year at the game awards in 2018 he was in forbes 30 under 30 he is a champion and he showed up as his authentic as their pardon me non-binary authentic self in costume he showed up to accept his award in costume and like everyone else just has to fucking take it and i think it's the best i think i have nothing against any of the, a lot of those things you named the furry part is what just like i'm out yes because you're very close-minded it's fine nobody asks you to be a Get nobody asks here. you to be a nobody wants you change at the subject party. i'm tired of my pervert friend joe patrick <laughs> staring this podcast into disgusting places talk to us how are you hey guys i uh finally got to see eternals hey all, all right. right how'd you feel it was long like I'm catching up with the world finally. Yeah, um, I actually like it, it, it a lot more than uh, everybody else. I do agree with most people that it it would f- felt better as a series. Yeah, should have been a show. It, it should have yeah. been a show. Yeah. My biggest problem with it though was that opening scroll. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I I feel like this is a weird time this deep in Marvel movies to hit us with a big opening scroll to have to have an actual paragraph of exploration. Right. And, well, on, and, and quite honestly, that, we didn't lies to us. We didn't need it. We it straight really, up lies to us. It does kind of lie to you. Yeah. Well, it's what they thought, right? It's right. what the Eternals thought. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which they do, which they themselves explain, you know, like she, uh, what's her name? Cersei explains it when she's talking to, to Dane. Yeah. So we didn't need it. That's the other we thing. And I almost and wonder if the studio was like, hey, because I don't think the director was like, I'm going to open with a big opening scroll. Yeah. You, I mean, I, it's probably a little of both. It's, I probably, almost it's the, probably like them saying, hey, look, just so that you normies out there in the yeah. audience don't get lost. We got to set deal. it up. We got to set it up I with actually, something. I actually think it's the opposite. I think they they did it um, to to be like uh, to the to us, the comic book nerds who knew that the Eternals created, I mean, that the, the, uh, the, whatever they're called, the Celestials Celestial. created the, the deviants in this opening thing. It straight up says that the deviants just came from somewhere at deep in space. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Bullshit. and it's bullshit in the, in the movie too. And so I think that they threw that at us to, to throw us off because it, I was like, wait a <laughs> that's minute. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. They, it definitely lied to us, but I mean that was the whole thing. We're gonna find out this is all a lie, and they, and they're not doing what they thought they were doing. And and while I liked it, I did like it. It it was too again too bloated. They threw too much yeah, stuff in there. It's it's not without its faults. Yeah. Like our, 
Our our friend and attorney, our mouthpiece, Ryan Forrest, has declared it to be quote unquote garbage, well, which is a ridiculous it's a ridiculous statement. It is not a garbage movie. Ryan has two swings, yeah. and that is I love it, I hate it. That's it. There's yeah, no, no it's true. And it's like it's, uh, Joe Joe Patrick is, has the reputation as the guy that loves everything, which has been proven. Yeah, the needle is just always in the it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, but like no, Eternals, like look, the they like they fought the, he's not wrong. They fought the deviants three times, and ultimately the deviants had nothing to to do with the story yeah which is which is uh not great and i like didn't, i didn't really like the deviants i i uh, the, the, the the cgi it was a little too like tron you know like watching it, it the second time i like it a little bit more knowing that crow is the deviant you know right yeah right. yeah because at first the first watch you know i didn't know that that first attack was crow yeah no it, yeah it, i mean and i didn't I like pick how, up on that uh, either and i and i did like how like uh as they showed us like the historical fights with the deviants where it's like oh yeah this one's like a dragon sure and, like these are like i liked the fact that they are and these ones are like wolves yeah this like a harpy Bears. and this was like whatever yeah you know. and like that that i'm like okay yeah they're you know they this one's a bigfoot this one's a chupacabra you know yeah, like, like in the in the comics deviants just look like like crow look just looks like a pink flintstone yeah and, stuff. and then there's this uh, like weird mutant monster guys or whatever i, I don't yeah. know i just i think they could have benefited a little more from playing off kieran gillen's storyline with like finding out that when the Eternals die and come back they're actually taking a human life that they're supposed to be protecting i think that's a little more to me, that would have been a little more interesting than yeah. where they went with this, which was just like, oh, it's all a big lie. All right, well, let's go into space and tell everybody to stop it. And like, well, okay, if we do that, aren't they actually seeding life in the universe, though? Like, it's the whole thing there. And then a big, you know, like, yeah, yeah, there's some problems there. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, think it's like you could have been a little more gentle with it, whether you're finding like, out. We're not going to like, yeah, of course, we're going to it's an earthbound. It's an earthbound story that cannot absolutely cannot end with this celestial cracking the earth in half right as it climbs out of its of the earth's womb or and, whatever and i see a lot of theories that all this stuff is just going to get reset with multiverse anyway so maybe even though I, the I celestial so. didn't like fully born you can't even have one kind of sticking out a little bit because people well, are going to be like know, it's in the middle okay. of nowhere <laughs> what uh, is that <laughs> I, I like i i think that uh, i i think that the best thing for uh, the eternals now that they've had their little earth story is that um they are in space now yeah uh and uh, like at least all the eternals that we're gonna see in action in the future are in space now and they're gonna deal with you know star fox thanos the guardians whatever whatever um and that's i think a good place for the eternals yes um but like i i I totally agree that like having the eternals running around on it like it's a we've talked about this before. It's kind of a thankless task to introduce a brand new concept. It's like when blade shows up, Yeah. when blade shows up and all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that there have always been vampires running around, despite the fact that we have never once even heard the word vampire. I'm all right with that. I'm still okay well, with that. Though. Sure. But, well, but uh, Taika Waititi said it in Thor Ragnarok. So it's, yeah. yeah but in uh, like, and all, but like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah. Don't you guys remember there was a captain America. It's like, wait, there was a captain America or like every time they introduce a new thing, we have to just, yeah, we have to like 
shut off that part of our brain that says, well, how come we didn't know about it? How come the Eternals didn't fight Thanos? Like all they needed to do was say that one line and I was fine with it. Don't I was think fine about with that it too. too much. Yeah, I was fine with that too. Like that's not our job. Okay. It's like, you're right. Like they told us not to. We couldn't do it. Okay, right. great. Um, but uh, yeah. And so I, I, I know it must be hard to introduce this, this like they've always been there. For sure. You know, and, sure. and, and because how do you have a story with characters like that that isn't, earth cracking in nature and then have everything be okay at the end. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It was a tough job. And I don't think a two and a half hour movie was enough time. No, I also don't think it was a failure. I don't think it's a failure. I don't think it was a failure either. I think they introduced the exposition guy and there was a lot of exposition here. And so that fed that for me. Yeah. And I think like, I think the Eternals they introduced all had great, like I liked all of the Eternals in in one way or another. Their powers were cool as hell. Yeah, I loved Druig. I, I didn't think I was gonna like Druig. I thought Druig right. was great. Um, I like. I loved uh, obviously Camille Nanjiani. Uh, Kingo is awesome. Uh, yeah. The the here's the one the one thing that the one thing, the one thing I had a tough time uh, reconciling in my brain is the uh, is the fact that Makari is uh, speaking in sign language despite yeah. the fact that she was born before the invention of sign language. Or that Sprite was... Or you know, Macari invented sign language. Like why? Uh, well, I mean, wait, like, Macari was a, is a... Macari is a guy, whatever. I, I, I mean, I, we like, saw them, like, making stuff for humans. Like, here's a plow, you know? So, like, so sure, maybe, like, yeah. If, if they want to say that, like, they Macari, Macari is the, like... Like somewhere down the line, Macari is the one that meets the, whatever person invents sign language, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, check this out." Right on, sure. I mean, like I'm, I'm into that. I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, uh, but like they that, all but, have accents. But right, yeah, they all have. They it's, all have the Star, it's the Star Wars conundrum. Everybody in space has a British accent. We all know it. Well, these guys all had different accents, which was weird because they all came from the same place. Uh, Tavernic has a good so point true. where, like, they did they did such a great job with Camille Nananjani's character and like injecting a little humor into the movie and lightening things up. And then for the third act, he's literally just gone, completely gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, actually I'll, like that a lot. I uh, yeah, I mean, reasoning. I liked hearing him explain why he was like, "I'm not going to fight you guys, but I'm not going to also fight," you know, against. Right. Um, I, I like I, I, I do agree with you, Harvey. I did like the fact that not all of the Eternals were on the same page. Yeah. Um, I do think they could have handled that a little bit better than having him just disappear for a half an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you but, can write that um, better. You can definitely write that better. But I, I did like I, I, I liked Kingo's conflicted, you know, response to the whole thing where yeah. it's like, I just I, I can't fight Icarus. He's the boss. This is our job. What if what we do prevents a billion people from being born? We can't. And then just abstaining, you know, yeah. like I, I, of course there would be somebody that did that. I think they could have just um, dialed it back a little bit too and made it because it was such a personal story about the Eternals. And when, then when you have the final scene, Oh, the earth's going to crack in half and uh, no, you don't need to do that. They can just find out that their mission is not what they thought it was. And that is gripping enough. And now there is internal strife and there's real problems here. And I, I think it would have worked better, like what Kieran Gillen did, where Icarus is the one that breaks down. The boss breaks down. And they're all like, oh, oh you know, God, Superman is upset? Like, oh, shit. The, what, what do we the do? The really interesting thing is if you really deep dive into this, into this movie, you'll see that Icarus is the bottom of the totem pole. Oh, yeah. He's a soldier. He's a he's, right. That's he's it. the last one to get powered up when they all get powered up. Yeah. Every time it shows, you know, the lines going through them to... 
waking them up or whatever, get juice them up. He's the last one. He's a soldier. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's their terminator basically. And I yeah. think he's probably programmed in a he way that he can't it, break. He can't turn or something like yeah. they control it's, him. It's suicide at the end. If you want to call it that, I guess maybe, but I mean, they can't die. That's the other thing. He'll be back. Right. So, so. is he, is the sun going to power him up even more? Like if Superman would do this? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it was a, I think it's a, 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 a decent attempt uh, that needed some work I agree. and maybe a little bit more room to breathe. Polish and room to breathe. Yes. But I, I, in the end, I'm glad, I'm glad that it exists. I, I'm glad that this new door has been opened up. Um, yeah. You know, adding this kind of lore to the cosmic side is great because up till now, all we really had were uh, the Guardians and yeah. and uh, Asgard and, and what yeah. have you. This is a really good um, way to push back into space, too. Now, Captain Marvel's obviously doing that, but a larger space story where we had, you know, everything led yeah. up to Thanos and Thanos was going to, you know, destroy the, you know, kill half yeah. of the universe or whatever. Now, this guides us gently back into space with those bigger themes. Like yeah, that. I mean, that's always, uh, like, I always love... It's not always great. Harv, we're going to okay. keep moving, man, because we, we got a couple more here. and I got Okay, real quick answer of the week. Yeah, um, please. I don't know if this counts. Shadowcat? How do you mean? Um, well, she's my favorite iteration of Kitty Pride. You know, we had Sprite, we had Ariel, Shadowcat. You know what? That's fair. Just, I'll take it. Like, I, I'll take it. I think, yeah, like different phases of her, she's different not, phases of she's her She's not Shadowcat right? anymore, certainly. Right. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I'll, t I'll count it. I like that. That's a good one. All right, guys. Good to Later. talk to you, Harv. Later, buddy. Um, you were saying, I, Joe. I, Sorry. I like the idea of these, like, larger-than-life concepts existing in the Marvel Universe. And in the comics, it's always fun where it's like, oh, no, it's, you know the living tribunal what the fuck how do i get <laughs> yeah, how right. do i how does doctor strange do anything with the living tribunal i don't care how powerful he right is. or eternity like, shows up and it's just eternity this giant uh, listen, space thing <laughs> eternity like that this wears is a dress thing, <laughs> this is the thing that nobody that deals with eternity seems to understand is that eternity is the universe yeah. the universe is eternity when you are on your toilet in your apartment you are inside the body of eternity you are pooping in front of eternity <laughs> yeah he is eternity is watching you poop yeah. um and so uh yeah it's just like uh, th these things like that 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 uh, like during the infinity gauntlet uh right where um uh, they took all these earth heroes to fight thanos it's like look guys i know that you were limited to who did not get disappeared in right. the snap right but why would you take spider-man <laughs> Why would you take Wolverine? <laughs> well, what if somebody like just, needs to stab Thanos? Or what yeah, if somebody needs to? I mean, it's like, look, all right, Thanos Her up, you know? Yeah, all right. Uh, Her Hercules, Hulk, Thor, Quasar, sure. Right. Yeah, I get that. Um, Cyclops, even okay. Scarlet Witch, yeah. Uh, Cyclops. Um, uh, look, yeah, at least he shoots laser, uh, like force beam. Like, he can fight from a distance. But, like, Spider Man, like, first thing, five minutes into that fight, he got his head torn off by Thanos's imaginary girlfriend right uh and it's like oh yeah and then all of the abstract concepts of the universe like love and hate and war and peace and chaos and order show up at the in-betweener and it's like ah, well crap and like the second they engage with thanos all of reality within like a billion miles is obliterated right. because of course it would be right and uh like so at the end of it there's no choice but for 
uh, Nebula to like hit the rewind button or else the Marvel universe is just totally sure. screwed. I, lo- <laughs> I love that stuff. And I think it's fun that we're getting into the, in the, into the MCU. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to go that far. No, certainly not. But like, I do, I do like the idea. Although that it's I would like, have never guessed that Thanos was going to snap his fingers and kill half the universe in the movies either. So true. Yeah. So, so true. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like, I just love the idea that it's like, yeah, you know, you thought Thanos was bad, right? Well, there's this guy who decides whether or not the earth lives or dies based on what we do over the course of a billion years. It's no big deal. No pressure. (laughs) Um, And we, he doesn't, we don't even get to talk about it with him. He just says like thumbs up, thumbs down. And that's it. Yeah, pretty much like, like gladiator. (laughs) Frank, get in here. William, man. How are you? Hey guys. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, yo. Hey Joe. How's your dad doing? Uh, he's doing better. He's doing right. better. Yeah. I'm he's, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Fingers crossed that we, we, they cut him loose tomorrow. So awesome. That's awesome. Hope so. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I have no answer. I'll, I'll, but my answer would have been this. Uh, when I used to play a game called heroes unlimited, I had a character and my character had an alternate character cause he was supposed to be dead. So my character, <laughs> my fun. alternate character was name was fallout. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. Fair enough. Oh yeah. So I don't, I don't really have an answer for that, but that's all right. Uh, I do. I do have plenty of stuff to talk about. I love the Eternals conversation. I'm not going to get back into it aside from saying that I, I thought the Eternals was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely, it definitely should have been a series. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. So, uh, I have not watched peacemaker yet. It's on my list. So it's there. It's It'll get done. Dumb cheeseburger superhero. Fly. Yeah. I saw the first episode of Superman and apparently, um, no, I, I was going to, I was going to make a joke about it. apparently the U S government has the ultimate nullifier. Cause that's kind of what it looked like when he brought it out. Like the, the thing, uh, the, the Superman caller thing. It's the, like, it's basically like the Jimmy Olsen signal. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, oh, it does kind of look like the ultimate nullifier. Yeah. Um, uh, but Book of Boba Fett, I, I, if if you guys have been keeping up with it, let's get into it. We need this to talk last. About it. Yes, this last episode was not the book. Was I? I, I knew I kind of had a feeling. Yeah, you know, yeah. last episode they really they they leaned real hard into it. You heard the Mandalorian theme. Yeah, and they and they kind of like crossed over for a second where you see the, the the ship coming down or whatever it was. Um, and then he meets you know he he meets uh oh, wow I'm totally blanking on her name. Uh, Fennec Shan. Thank you. Uh, he meets Fennec Shan. He brings her to the the guy to give her the all, all the. And that was great. That was that was a great scene. Um, there's a there's a guy who does a uh, thing on uh, Ryan Airy screen does a podcast a thing on uh, YouTube. He went he went and did a whole deep dive into that. It was actually really interesting. But uh, you know, so I knew Mandalorian was going to show up. I knew they were gonna they were gonna cross over at some point. And I have a feeling they're going someplace with this, someplace really epic with this, where we're going to see something. There's definitely going to be some fan service in there. Sure. Um, where we're going to see something from orig- the original Star Wars series. Oh, of course. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Uh, I have a feeling maybe it's going to be something that has to do with Han Solo, uh, because Harrison Ford is, has been said to be reprising his role as Han Solo in a younger version of Han what? Solo. Yes, look, I don't remember where I read it, but they, Han, they de-aged Luke. I mean, he showed gonna up in the end of Mando, for, so I, they, they didn't say what it was for. Who knows? But Han Solo is going to be showing up in some Star Wars property. It might be, it might be the Obi Wan show, or it might be Book of Boba Fett, and that would kind of be interesting. 
especially considering the history of Han Solo and Boba Fett. Well, it would make a lot more sense to be in the Boba Fett show because the Obi-Wan show is going to be in the past where Han would have been right. pretty young. Okay, well, right. Frank, let me yeah. pose you this question because yeah, I've yeah. been thinking about it a lot. I think we all really enjoyed the second episode of the book of Boba Fett. I would argue the series has been kind of herky jerky, kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of up and down. But what does it yeah. mean when you come in with this last episode we saw, which I would, I would say, and my wife agrees, she's been watching and going, eh, whatever. Mm. The last episode was absolutely yeah. a Mandalorian episode and probably oh, the best one we've seen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What does this, that mean for the show when we take um, a break okay, for an so entire episode? I, I, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of mixed feelings on this. And I'm part of it is this, you know, I, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying Book of Boba Fett because it's like giving us good backstory on who Boba Fett is. Yeah. Um, but again, we're set in a in the past. We're set in the same past that the Mandalorian's in, but we're set in the past, so we know, sort of know what happens in the future. We've all been under the assumption Boba Fett's been dead, right? And what does it mean for the Book of Boba Fett? I think it means that the Book of Boba Fett is sort of like, uh, almost like filler for the Mandalorian. To be honest with you, yeah, I think the Mandalorian I don't is a better. I, it's a better show. This is going to end probably with Boba Fett's actual death right i think i think you might be right i think that you, i don't think you call it the book of boba fett if it lasted forever here i feel we, like here, here we go. go i feel like this nothing is, no no show can end with the character just moving on to something else has got to die i, I think no, this might be boba fett's final is, chapter book of boba fett yeah so it's like it's a book. A book is a finite thing. Yes, it but sounds not like, like not every story ends with the character dying a horrible death. Well, I don't, the, sometimes the book just ends, and I'm it's like, and then Boba Fett becomes the daimyo of Mosses. But and I don't I, see. I don't think this so. is where I think this is where I think it's not going to happen because I I don't I don't see when I, as I'm watching this I'm going why does he want to be like this crime lord? Why does he want to do this? Why does he want to take over for Boba uh, for Job of the Hut? When the Huts want want that position back, even though they they went away and they said they didn't, the Huts want it back. Well, they want him to clean up the pikes or whatever. Yeah, they're well, that's that's I think it is. Yeah, if they're gonna the Huts are coming back whether 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 yeah. Boba Fett likes it or not. After he cleans up the mess. Yeah, yeah. The pikes the the whole thing is going to be the big fight with the pikes, and I don't know how many episodes this series is supposed to be, but I mean, what it's up to book chapter five, so maybe they've got. Five, yeah. Eight is it? Eight chapters, maybe. I'm not even sure. I haven't looked it up. I'm because I'm kind of like I don't know. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. You know what? My my philosophy on entertainment is I'm gonna I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna watch it. Did I enjoy it? Yes, I'm gonna continue. Did I not enjoy it? No, I'm not gonna continue. Um, so I'm enjoying it, and I'm gonna continue watching it. It's definitely not the most exciting. It looks like seven episodes, so we've got property. two left. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think we're gonna see something epic happen over the next two episodes we're definitely mandalorian's definitely coming in first of all you don't give that guy a silver beater i'm sorry i, I know you guys are trying to clean it up for all right uh, not on cover to cover it's all right no on cover to cover too yes joe i yeah. edit the show <laughs> that, no. so you don't you don't give a guy this like silver starfighter that pushes a button and he's and he's gone yeah not even in, not even the hyperspace he's just gone because it's so fast and then not use that yeah that is definitely well, yeah and, and i mean it's it, like it's it, damon said it in the chat and he's totally right like this yeah. is uh, this episode served two purposes one it got mando to a place where he can help boba fett at the end of uh whatever story is going on with boba yeah. fett 
and it sets up uh, the Mandalorian season three, which oh, definitely like well, it, it gets them to it gets them into a place where we don't have to waste time. It's like, and mm-hmm. now let's find out how Bob, how uh, Mando gets his new starship, and like <laughs> uh, you know, it's like we don't need to waste time. It's like, yeah, he's got a ship. He got rid of the spear. He made a little yeah, the little chainmail. The armor made a little, little chainmail diaper for Grogu. That was great. And, and he will end up in Boba Fett's ship as the only Mandalorian wearing that armor left in the series because it doesn't make sense that two guys are going to be running around in this um, similar armor. Boba Fett is an age. The guy that plays him is an aging actor. I'm He's saying 61. all signs point to this is one story, the book of Boba Fett, and Wait. when it is done. Dude Boba got, Fett is done. Can I just say, dude got jacked for the part. Yeah, he looks great. Holy moly. Yeah. I was like, I mean, wow. like, so like, so what if he's old? That doesn't mean anything. Uh, again, I'm not saying we're going to drag out the story of Boba Fett forever. I'm, <laughs> my argument is there's nothing pointing to the fact that Boba Fett is doomed to die. Other None than, of that is in evidence, other than the fact that he is an old man. Other, other than, than Han Solo's going to show up and kill him. Or they've set up yeah, right. a Western revenge story about a guy trying to change his life and be mm-hmm. better and be a hero. And how do you illustrate that better than him martyring himself for his cause or whatever And maybe, is. And, you, know, like, <laughs> you, you might be right. Like, I'm, I'm, also, I'm a bunch of Westerns. So, yeah, I, like, I'm only... I'm only arguing that it is a foregone conclusion because that is just a nonsense way to think about things. There's I'm not no, saying it there is. is. There's not, no evidence. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly I'm saying what you said. There, you're right, there is think, no evidence. I'm saying that I th- think that's where it's going. Well, I'm not saying it's a this? foregone conclusion. How about this? You know, you know the little, you know the little spider droids that walk around with the brains in them. Yeah, those brains are monks. Okay, right. And they've given up all of their, all of their like like um, physical attachments and they just wander around as brains in these spider, in these spider bodies. So what if Bob, they put Boba Fett's brain into one of those spider bodies at the end and that's who he becomes. I don't know. What if he becomes a, what if he becomes a jarred? I might kick like you out of the writing room for that one, Frank. I mean, like, ah, we're going to take that one off the board. Yeah. yeah they're going to, they're going to, they're going to put his head in a jar, like in future Emma. And it's going to have a little nameplate on it that says be fed. Uh, right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to, we're obviously going to get uh, like this episode was, I, I, I made a little present for my buddy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go visit him. I'll yeah. be right back and I'm going to join your team and they're going to fight right. the pikes. Right. And right. we've got we've got evil Chewy, we've got Mando, we've got Boba oh Fett, we've got Nawen. I love that. Yeah. He's amazing. And I love we've him. got the we've got the urban free flow gang on their um, neon jet scooters. I cannot stand them. I can't okay. stand it. Um, you guys, did you guys ever see? Did you guys ever see uh, the movie uh, Quadrophenia? Yes, it's okay. one of my favorite movies, and, and it is my favorite who who record. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and I I absolutely was like, why are they on Quadrophenia scooters? Yeah, I it, it <laughs> like, was. It's ridiculous. a weird choice, and if you want to bring in yes. younger characters, that's fine. But it's a weird choice that Chase scene was really slow and odd and they're they're like injecting that much color into Tatooine as well is strange too much then when we go to like the EDM tattoo you know cyber parlor or whatever I was just it just ripped me out of Star Wars. Yeah. I, I but that don't was that was a pretty EDM in my Cadillac Star Wars. speed land speeder though, right? Yeah. That, that that was like a Cadillac land speeder. Yeah. I'm like looking at the one. That was definitely so I, I have a feeling the aesthetic they're going for is like 1960s. Like with with the styling there, but I suppose. And if you want to do yeah. that, you can do that. There's a way to do it. Mute it a little bit, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I don't need the techno and the EDM. Right? Yeah. Like that's right, not right. what Star enough Wars about does. What, enough about what you don't like. Uh, so <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird choice. It was a weird um, choice. 
like I I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever like. I agree that the book of Boba Fett is is a title that implies one installment, one right? story, yeah. Um, and one story, right? And um, whether it ends with him dying or not, the you know the jury's out. But um, like I I don't I agree that I don't think we're setting up Boba Fett for like continued adventures necessarily. No. But I do wonder if like. You know, Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian, right? He's no, no, they he's, were, no, he's, no. They were posers or whatever. They just had the armor. Yeah. Or yeah. well, no, no. Uh, like no, they his father was a no. Yeah, no, they no, his father wasn't hunters. a Mandalorian. His father was gifted the armor. From and, oh, okay. He fought with okay. the Mandalorians in the war right. and was gifted armor. He was basically a, a mercenary that they brought in to help them fight, and he right. was gifted the armor afterwards. Right. Yeah. So yeah. he's friend of the Mandalorian. Friend of the Mandalorians, right? Um, and uh, just like Mothra is a friend to children and That's so different thing <laughs> very different uh, thing. <laughs> like i don't know I, like maybe maybe we will see boba fett like maybe this is boba fett on the path to like becoming the ruler of mandalore um or maybe. like something that would no take way. him uh, t- that would take him off the board or like give him a a saturday like they are not they are not going to take a character that everybody loved for 30 years based on zero like merit other than visual let's appeal. nerd bet let's nerd bet nerd bet. Uh, yeah i'm I telling you nice. right now i i've already I, said it i don't think he's gonna die okay nerd bet on um, there we go but i like i i don't think that they are going to invest all of this character work into a character that everybody loves to give him all of this rich backstory and and motivation and badassery after 30 years of not having it um, just to have him die at the end. If I don't think they will. If only they had another younger character that was wearing similar armor. <laughs> what that does that have to do with any? There's, there's the torch to there's you know, multiple Jedi like, too. You know, that, like yeah, but the Jedi's—that's totally different. The Jedi's all look different. They don't come from the same background. Okay, but Mando is not the only Mandalorian, and he's, he's not, not even he's Mandalorian. Not a Mandalorian. I don't disagree. He's not even a Mandalorian. Yeah, they Mando's, got kicked out of the club. He's the new Boba Fett, Joe. They kicked him out of the club. He's the new. No, that's not how it works. Fett. Boba Fett's not a title; it's his name. You can't I be the new it. Boba what Fett. What I'm saying is, they're not going to replace him as the new Boba Fett. He's the new Boba Fett character. They're passing the torch to this but old he was guy. Already, is not he be was around. already the new. So my point is he was already the new Boba Fett character and Boba Fett is now a different character. I agree. And this will be his story of how we tie up. That's what happened to Boba Fett. There you go. Well, right. And uh, again, I am not disagreeing that it will be tied up, yeah. but not every tied up Wait, story wanna, ends with the character's death. A lot of Westerns I want to point something else out. I want to point something else out on the show. Um, Jennifer Beals, who plays that Twilight character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and um, Ming, Ming Na... Ming Na Wen, yeah. Ming Na Wen. They're both 58 years old, by the way. Yeah, and look amazing. Those women look amazing. I was like, what the hell are they doing? They're aging Um, a little better than than Boba Fett. Yeah, (laughs) I'll say that. Incredible. When when somebody pointed out that that Jennifer Beals was 58, I was like, get out of here. Yeah. And then I looked it up, and then they said, and Ming Na Wen is also 58. I'm like, what? Yeah, and they're gorgeous. they Absolutely look fantastic, yeah. and they're and and they're very they're very like their actions are not like that of an older person. No, you not know? at all. Yeah, they Ming look, Na's doing her stunts. Yeah, she's <laughs> which is crazy. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, like I think that I uh, like I think there is room for that, right? There's room for like I I like the fact that Boba Fett is this old beat up guy. Like he's yeah, got to constantly be right, in the back right, to tank. He's, he's an that's old the story old, like, kind of because he spent five hero, years yeah. in the belly of the Sarlacc yeah. or however long it was. 
Um, like I, I think it's kind of, I think it was kind of unclear because uh, we know that Mandalorian is set five years after Return right. of the Jedi. Well, and he um, he spent time with the Tuscans. There, he spent an amount of time with the Tuscans, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of what like evolved his character to this right kind of like anti-hero so, so do kind of guy can we also talk about how to clean Eastwood and unforgiven that's where he is he's the gunman the that came back and he's <laughs> yeah. trying to redeem himself this is unforgiven <laughs> we got some backstory on the jawas yeah they're very very furry um yeah <laughs> she made like a rat reference yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was cute i dated i used to date a child yeah, i do so feel like this great. series is is herky jerky though i feel like mandalorian was very well it was tight yeah. it was thought out they and they rolled with it and i really enjoyed every episode i feel like but this, this is one, also this was also thought out like i'm not saying it's it, not. it is impossible no, like, it's they make this on not what fly. i'm saying what i'm saying is it's not as well written and thought out and packed. well yeah i mean I, I like i can i can grant you that opinion but like I, I i think this was always their plan like it was always their plan to have this mandalorian episode smacked in the middle of i, I don't disagree i just think it's a weird it, is it it's it's kind of odd yeah it's a but weird it also choice. kind but it also like it would have been all it also would have been odd to have mandalorian show up and join the team without any explanation as to like well sure where and, I'm not, and been, again i'm not you know? saying that right. i'm against that i like it it's cool and i'm i think that it's, character, a, it's a choice it's a choice that character who almost never took his helmet off in the entire first series was able to carry the series just out of charisma and was, I don't feel that this Boba Fett actor has that same charisma. I, I think Pedro but, I mean, Pascal is a much better actor. Yes. But we are all in agreement that this is like, this is the, whether he dies or not, like we don't have to worry about. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tamura Morrison's chemistry. Well, no, I mean, I, charisma rather. After no, this I mean, is over. No, I, I, I think honestly, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it, with the helmet on. It's telling that they did put this up, they did what they did with this episode and gave the Mandalorian this much. And I wonder if they think like by this point, are, are they getting tired of the, of this guy that's playing Boba Fett? Because while there's been some good episodes, I really liked episode two when he went through his thing. I don't think this guy has a lot of charisma. I mean, I, I, like, I'm not disagreeing, but I think you are miss. I think, I think you are, I think you are underestimating the I, length of time for which this has all been planned out. I'm not I saying it wasn't planned out. <laughs> like I'm saying that, like nobody nobody was making decisions about, oh well, maybe they're tired of this guy. Like, no. <laughs> they knew that this was going to happen before Tamura Morrison ever showed up in The Mandalorian. Sure. They they knew that this was going to happen. I just think it's an I think choice. the character himself of Boba Fett is being played the right way. I think he's playing the character the right way. I don't think Boba Fett is an approachable, like like warm fuzzy guy. And I think I think Tamora Morrison is playing it that way. And yeah. I think he's actually doing a good job playing the character the way the character should be played. He's he he doesn't have the charisma that yeah. that yeah. um you know the Mandalorian has, uh that Din Djarin has. But I think that like he's always been this this guy who felt part because he's a, he knows he's a clone. He watched his father get killed. Right. And he's had this resentment toward the Jedi for a very long time. So it's I think he's playing the character right. I've also heard that. There's going to be um, there might they might do something with Rex. Rex might show up in the show. Rex. Rex from Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Other, I heard he's another clone. He's uh. another clone. I, I heard he may show up in the show. There's something to do with Ewoks. He said because 
Tamora Morrison said that, yeah, there's going to be Ewoks in this. There's go- he's, he let slip the, something about Ewoks being I hope in that's it. a joke. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, like, or maybe he meant the Jawas. I, I, would, also, I yeah. would also believe that Tamora Morrison doesn't know the difference between a Jawa that's, and an Ewok. Yeah. Probably right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, let's wrap it up. I'll wrap it up with you yeah, guys. Yeah, we got it. Uh, and by saying this, uh, next, I'm not going to talk about Star Trek until next week because uh, Prodigy's last episode for a bit is going to be next week. And then we're going to launch into what? Like something like 15 the fucking it's the Renaissance. Yeah. It is. Star it's Trek Renaissance. Yeah. I think Frank. Paramount, the Paramount channel is going to change its name <laughs> to the Star Trek channel real quick here. Oh my God. Uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Where, I can't Frank, wait. did you uh, fly like I, into a rage when you found out that Picard was ending with season three? Uh, no, no, I, I didn't actually, either because guess you know what? what? This you dude mean? is crazy old. <laughs> oh, did they, <laughs> did they, 80 something years old. Yes. <laughs> he said he's going to go through. He, he said, I would love to do three seasons. Yeah. From the beginning, he said did I would love con- to do Did they seasons. confirm that yes. then? It's confirmed. three seasons and done? Three seasons. Three seasons and done. That's, it's and fine. I have no problem with fine. that. And I'm sure great. they won't kill Picard in the end of this. I'm sure they'll like, give him a happy no, ending think, and he'll they like... They killed him already. They killed him already. They just, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. so brought him back. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, uh, considering that I've spent uh, Frank, the entirety of Picard's existence worrying that Patrick Stewart was going to die... Uh, during filming, right. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, no, it's fine. And and you can tell a finite story like that. That's okay. We don't need to see eight seasons of the Picard show. No, no, no. <laughs> we no, don't. No, 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 tell your story not, and, and move along. Jimbo, how are you, buddy? Uh, good, guys. We'll keep it quick. Uh, question of the week. Uh, we don't get a lot of, like, altered personas, so we're going to One Piece. We're going to Villain, Caesar Clown. He, after he was defeated, he was passed around because of the scientific knowledge, and then he ended up and he tried to disguise himself as the gangster Gastino, which is which is a pun which is a pun on his ability because he can help control gas and airflow. But everyone's like, "You're Caesar Clown." He's like, "No, I'm not." He's like, "Yes, yes, you are." He's like, "No, I'm not." I'm looking and up a just, picture of gangster Gastino. Yeah, well, Caesar Clown. If you look at that, he looks like a clown, and he's all airy because that's his ability. Yeah, Gangster Gastino is something. He's got a uh, real spiky hair and uh, kind of yep. a, a pig pen thing going on. There's gas spraying out of him and stuff. Yeah, sort of like Kenhide who he is. Kind of looks like the Joker meets uh, Dream from Sandman, I guess. If you were, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is something. Uh, my my Chrome is automatically autofilling Gangster Gastino. So thank you, Matt Bomb. I'm sure that's because of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, look at him. He's got a little fart cloud yeah. floating around him. Yeah, here he is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was, he was on the run, getting away from the very dangerous people after he messed up, and so you know, he's trying to hide out. Fair but, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, dig, I dig it. I can dig it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peacemaker's amazing. Uh, most of your stuff, but the book of Boba Fett. The, the one issue with with Fett is everyone has an idea of what he is, and mm-hmm. that's what Mando does. Does so they yeah. had to change who he, what everyone thought he is. So right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with I'm with Matt's wife. First episode, blah. Second episode, good. Third episode, blah. Fourth episode, okay. Then it's like here's a man new episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because you know I wasn't expecting it, and I was oh, yeah. I was thrilled by it. Um, and I don't I, I I was trying to figure out if it's because uh, like I don't personally I'm not disappointed in the book of Boba Fett. It's what it is, what it is, whatever. Um, uh but I think that I loved this last episode of Mandalore of uh, Boba Fett so much because uh, I didn't realize how much I had been missing Mando. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause like when that door opened and it went, we, we, and yeah. I was like, Oh like, no, my God. Like my whole right body on. lit up. 
Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, it, okay. Yeah. It's on. <laughs> yeah. Like Casey, my wife, Casey does not care about this book of Boba Fett show. It's not doing shit for her. And she watched yeah, yeah. that episode and she's like, that's the best episode they've had yet. I'll take more of that, please. And then in the end, when, <laughs> when Ming-Na shows up, she went, <laughs> like, uh, we're back to this. All right. Whatever. I, you know, I, you know, I think we might be, I, I think we might be, um, I, I think we might be putting too much uh, weight behind the book of Boba Fett when really it is uh, maybe we should be thinking of it more like a, uh, a, a Mandalorian tie-in, right? Like it's when they do uh, I mean, it is. Yeah. No it's, question. it's like, it's like when um, it's like when Spider-Man does uh, you know, it's like ah, spider getting, and then we have a side mini series about Sp- where it's spider getting spider getting, cloak and dagger or I whatever think i think it's more like the mcu spider-man where we have like a morbius movie that may or may not be set in the sony verse or the old no, sony verse you or know, the marvel universe we couldn't or- get one we couldn't go one week without you talking about that shit no obviously it takes place in the universe yeah, i'm kidding I, I, that was a joke i think i think it's just like a i think it's um i think it is a side story that kind of you know if mando is a straight line from yeah. left to right then the book of boba fett starts on the same line and then it dips down for a while and then it dips back up. Yeah, and I mean, up they literally the introduced this show in, in the end of the Mandalorian. Yeah, and so, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. And I think, I think we should be thinking of it more, uh, and the Mandalorian as more one thing, you know? And I agree that like it's, it's not as well executed. Um, I'm still having fun with it. I'm having fun with it. I, yeah. That, but there's, I think that furthers, my my thoughts that this is a closed story and it's definitely when we're done boba fett's done we're back to the mandalorian this is your guy wearing a, yeah the outfit that looks similar there you go kids we'll go from here you know yeah jim that's all i got guys all right man hey jim good to talk to you good episode today we got into it that was fun we covered holy smokes everything that i wanted to talk about i mean i feel like we really talked a lot and so i apologize you know and it's funny we've we can go into the Mandalorian. We can go into Boba Fett. We can drill down into these TV shows. But when it comes to Peacemaker, which we all really like, we all just go, it's great. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Right. Like there's no, it's, there's it's, no, de- there's no, like if you don't like it, that's fine. But nobody's right. out here debating like where it fits into the DC extended universe. No, nobody is worried about where Peacemaker goes from here or easy. how, or how Steve Agee's, out of character or whatever nonsense right you want to talk about uh like they're like we just like we embrace it oh it's like the eagle the eagle wouldn't do that it, it, it hugs him off. right right like no it's just no it's awesome it, yeah it what? just it like, just works it's it's removed we don't have to worry about it it's the difference between like opening up a miller light and having a good time or sitting down with a wine from a beautiful estate with a lot of history behind yeah, it, you know, yeah, like, right. <laughs> it does like, all uh, these different things. It's like, you know what? The book of Boba Fett uh, is not from uh, the vintage from, from of the book of Boba Fett is not as good as the, yeah. as the Mandalorian, but you know, it's got its fruity notes, sure. uh, you know, a hint of chocolates and whatever. Um, but yeah, no, but yeah, exactly. Peacemaker's just like, Boat drinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. like, Swim up to the bar. Serve me something red with an umbrella in it. Right. <laughs> Get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. Let's go to our voicemails. Sarah King sent us one. The audio was a little wonky at first, but it catches on. So, reflections on the past year of comics, but without divulging too much of my autobiography, it's been a bit of a weird time. Um, 
just wanted to say I watched all of the Daredevil Marvel show and freaking adore it. So incredible. Truly one of the best superhero things I've seen. And I'm so excited that Disney is bringing some of these characters back in. And I really hope that they do a great job because I need, I need more of it. Um, luckily for me, I watched the final episode of Daredevil the day before I went to see Spider-Man. So spoiler alert, the Spider-Man Daredevil treat was my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, my review of the movie is it was good. I think it was a little overhyped. So I left feeling disappointed with how high my expectations were. Um, I think it could have been a really cool emotional story, but Disney scripts just seem to have a lot of weird attempts at comedy that distract from, uh, the story, but I'm excited to rewatch it with a, you know, more thoughtful mind, uh, whenever I get to do that. Uh, lastly, just wanted to say, uh, super cool that Saga is back. Uh, really enjoyed getting to have that back in my life. Also got the paper girls omnibus for my birthday. So I'm definitely cuddled up, um, into that zone right now. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful collection. And lastly, uh, really enjoying the death of Dr. Strange. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Thought the tie-ins are so fun. Really liked the black Knight X-Men tie-in like so much. And, uh, you know, Marvel's getting me to buy more, more character comics. And now I'm like really curious about getting more into Dr. Strange. So hell yeah. I hope you guys are having a great day and I'll talk to you guys soon. I have not been reading the death, uh, death of Doctor Strange. I am not caught up, but um, I'm glad that it's still good. I really liked the first issue. I am caught up, and it is so fun. It is so much fun what they are doing with it. And I think Marvel has kind of figured out something that we used to bitch about constantly. If you're going to do tie-ins to these you know, events that you're doing and you want people to buy one-shots, you've trained us. Over the years to go, well, there's no reason to buy the tie-ins because they're always garbage. They're always garbage. And it seems like in the last, I don't know, five, eight years maybe, Marvel started paying attention and went, hey, what if we get some cool up-and-coming writers that are like, know this creator and want to work with them or whatever, and let them just write a great tie-in issue for, you know, like whatever event's going on right now. Like that Swordsman tie-in that uh, we did, Tracknail wrote. Yeah, from, God, that was fantastic. And the tie-ins have been so good. When you see something like Death of Doctor Strange, Black Knight and the X-Men, number one, what is it, like your first feeling is like, give me a break, who cares? The, the issue was excellent. It was so good. And I, I, man, Death of Doctor Strange has been a blast, and we should probably do a comic pushers Doctor Strange edition for Sarah to get her hooked on some good Doctor Strange stuff. Yeah, sure. We should definitely do that. Uh, Daredevil TV show. We both loved it on Netflix. One of the things, Joe, you had said that you don't think Echo is the kind of character that is interesting enough to carry a show. I, th- I think she is, and I think one of the ways they do that, and I don't know, um, this is not me predicting anything, but if it's something like she shot Wilson Fisk, he's not dead, he fingers her, she's in jail, and her lawyer Matt Murdock shows up, and this is how Daredevil meets Echo, and they have a love story, and it brings Daredevil into back into the Marvel Universe, I think that's extremely compelling at that point. Because... Well, okay, but yeah, but 
again, that that's fine, but we're talking about the character as she exists now. Every other every other character that's gotten their own show has a reason to have their own show. Sure, like they have they're like except for the characters that are being created out of whole cloth, like Moon Knight and She Hulk and and right, uh, you know Kamala and all that. But um, like Echo, Echo is is just angry. Like her, if you were to t- if you were to ask me what is Echo's character in uh, Hawkeye, well, she's mad. Um, and that's it. Okay, that's well, all I got. What's the Punisher's character? Do I don't even you know that the Punisher's got more layers than just is mad? Really? Yes. Is mad because family died? <laughs> like, is that he, he is on a yeah? Uh, the okay. Look, I, this is not me defending the Punisher as a character. I'm not even that fond of the Punisher as a character, but the Punisher can be compelling. Because and also the Punisher has had many 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 stories. Sure. To get him to this point, not three appearances in a six episode show. Sure. Like the like the Punisher as a as a character has a a complex set of motivations built on rage and grief. I don't and disagree. Revenge. But we got to start and, somewhere uh, with a character. And with a new also, character. Um, he is probably uh, just as bad as the people that he murders. Of course. And so, yeah, and that's like that is a compelling jumping off point for at least one solo story. And they've built on onto that echo right now. It's just like she's mad her dad got killed. Yeah, they have not given me enough. I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm not saying she's not going to be a compelling character or that she can't be a compelling character. I'm saying that they put the cart before the horse. They did not give me enough of Echo to get me to care about an Echo solo show. I think and a revenge now, story against Wilson Fisk for killing her dad is is enough for me to be interested. Except we never learned that Wilson, wait, did we learn yes. Wilson Fisk? Yes, that was the whole thing. Well, see, I still like I still thought it was implied that Ronan killed her dad. No, Hawkeye came to her and said, your boss and you know who your boss is killed your dad, not me. But she was there when Ronan showed up and slaughtered I, all those people. I don't disagree. I think he came need to, to rewatch those. Yeah. I need to rewatch that flashback scene because when I like I understand that, like she was mad at the kingpin for her his involvement. We don't have to keep arguing about Echo like I'm. I, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to let it be, but like, if you're going to ask me of all of the characters getting their own show, which ones I'm excited about, Echo is probably not on the list because even though they introduced me to Echo, I still don't care enough about her to go, oh, I want to see what happens to her next. Fair. I, and to be perfectly honest, the thing that I'm most interested in and hope happens is that Daredevil gets injected into this story. It's, but then it's, that it's becomes a, a Daredevil story. I'm not if he's a side character in this. It's not. It depends how it's executed. Character, sure. I mean, and I also don't need a daredevil love story. I don't. I don't need a daredevil in love with her. I, I don't even think. Did they even? Were they even together in the comics? big time? They were totally in love. Not big time. Yes, no. that whole story was about how he came to her and was like, "No," and they fell in love. And he was like, "I, you got to stop killing people. You're doing this wrong. Let me show you how to do this." And they totally fell in love. And then she pulls away in the end. She's like, "That's not me. I'm not you. You can't make me you." And and whatnot. Daredevil right, falls. 
Daredevil well, falls in love with, like a, but it wasn't like a years long. No, 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 love no. Story or no, anything. but Daredevil falls in love with every pretty woman well, that, that comes his true. way. That <laughs> part is true. Um, I, want, I, just want, I just want Matt Murdock to fall in love with She-Hulk. So, I you don't, know, give me, give me that. I don't that's think the that's story I want. I don't see that happening. That's um, not. She's anyway. not. She-Hulk isn't broken enough for Matt Murdock. Are you kidding me? He only falls in love with like ruined people. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, let's set up a new question of the week, and then we got to get out of here. All right. This show's too damn long as it is. I know. Sarah, thank you for your call. Always we good to really you, Sarah. We really appreciate it. Uh, our next question of the week is, once again, from us. And it spins out of next week's, or I guess when you hear this, it'll be this week's Cosmic Longbox theme. We want to talk about your favorite comic book trial. Now, it can be a court trial, like from She-Hulk or Daredevil or whatever. Sure. Um, it can be, you know, uh, there have been trials that don't involve those characters, right? Yeah. The trial uh, of Magneto just happened? Oh, sure. I mean, <laughs> but that's not an actual trial. This um, is like the be, third uh, trial a, of Magneto, by the way. It could be, uh, <laughs> look, X-Men 200. That's, that is a, yeah. a proper trial of Magneto. The trial of um, Gambit. He went through a whole thing. Trial of Gambit. Um, the A trial by combat. Sure. You know? Uh, we want to know your favorite comic book trial. That'll be fun. That'll be a good one. It will be fun. We're going to have to do some serious homework to dig these up, too, if we're going to read them. But <laughs> that's what we do here. It's part of the job. We'll be here next week for that, Cosmic Longbox, and then we'll be back next Saturday to play cover to cover again. Like I said, we've got a new contact form on the site where you can respond to the question of the week if you would like. You can also drop suggestions for other segments there. Maybe you're looking for something to read, like Sarah. Who brought up Doctor Strange? She wants to read more. We're definitely going to do a comic pushers for that. We love that stuff. Get in contact with us and we'll get you on the show or we'll help you find something to read or we'll just make you not think about how shitty the state of the world is for uh, almost two hours today, right? We did it. Except we just had to bring up the Tennessee Board of Education. <laughs> Ugh, sorry. Oh, all right, that's enough right, for can now. We, can we go, please? Yeah, <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> Thanks to everybody that played along today. My name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Oh.